Hey there, how the heck are you? Aaron Dunn here. You are listening to the Strong Calm Podcast. And for that, I am thankful. Uh, Calm, if you didn't know, is the root word for together or in common. And it serves as a general subject for every episode of this podcast. Calm, communication, community, and strong companies. Those three things are the things that I am passionate about, uh, what I like to think and talk about, and what I like to explore with other people. So today, it being the 30th of December, tomorrow's New Year's Eve, uh, we're coming upon the new year, the end of 2018, the beginning of 2019. I wanted to communicate with you about our collective understanding, our collective point of view of New Year's resolutions. So it's a it's a fun subject. I think Uh, I I love this time of year. I might be a little biased because my birthday happens to be tomorrow, New Year's Eve. I'm a holiday holiday baby. Mama's little tax deduction. That's what uh, I was told when I was growing up. And uh, now I know how important I was to her, you know, then. But anyway, um, so I might be a little bit biased, but, you know, even that aside, I think about how I just love the spirit of the new year because it causes or at least encourages everyone to reflect upon what they've been doing for the past 365 days and what they will be doing in 365 more days. And I think that's just good, healthy practice for anybody to do. And of course, you can do that at any time of the year. And I think you should actively do that probably 52 times a year, 365 days a year, always be doing that in some, you know, shape, form or fashion. Uh, But I think that there's a certain magic of New Year's resolution because it encourages so many people to to pause, to to take inventory and to really, you know, perhaps work out how they as an individual, how we as individuals can be better people to ourselves and to others, you know, moving forward into the next year. So, um, I really love the new year. Uh, and you know, people ask me about, you know, having a, a birthday on a holiday, close to a holiday and what have you. And I've always not minded it. You know, it's just something that you kind of grow up with. Um, I've never got gypped on the presents, if you're wondering. Uh, my parents were pretty good about, you know, saying, hey, this is your birthday gift and, and what have you. My wife is uh, lovingly doing the same. So appreciate that. But it's not about the gifts. I think it's all about, you know, the togetherness and the and the community and all that. But hey, it's really good to eat cake sometimes. So um Yeah. So New Year's Eve, I'm thinking about New Year's resolutions. I don't really, I used to really write down a lot of stuff this year. And I don't think last year or the year before I, I did too much of that. And we'll get into that here in a second about my approach to New Year's uh, resolutions and, and what have you. I still participate, but maybe not like other people do or perhaps just like other people do. I don't know. But, you know, it's just my personal take. But before we do that, I wanted to do two things. I wanted to let you in on the poll that I did on my social media accounts. Maybe you saw it. Maybe you didn't. If you didn't, perhaps you're not following me on Instagram. My Instagram is at Aaron Dunn Works. I did a poll on the story there. Uh, You could Facebook friend me if you wanted. Uh, My name is Aaron Dunn. 
or follow me at uh, Aaron Dunn Brand Poetically. It's my Facebook page. I, t- I occasionally po- post on there. Anyway, uh, I did a poll with my friends and my followers, and uh, you know, not a lot of those. Um, but uh, shout out to you. Thanks for listening. Uh, so, Instagram. Uh, 12 people voted. Not a lot of people voted, but whatever. Um, 12 people voted. Six people said, yes, they will be doing. The question was, uh, will you be doing any New Year's resolutions in 2019? 12 people voted. Six said yes. Six said no. An even split, which surprised me. Uh, But Facebook confirmed what I figured figured would happen. Uh, 25 people voted, slightly more. Nine people said yes, 16 said no. And if I did my math correctly, that's a 36% said yes, 64% said no. Confirming what I already figured, which is most people don't participate. I don't know why. Uh, you know, it could be argued that they don't work. Some people are just not encouraged to do it because they perceive it as not an effective approach to doing things. Uh, because New Year's resolutions, you know, they only happen once a year, and a lot of people, you know, big them up and don't follow through. And you know, it, it can be kind of like a a bias thing. So like, oh, everybody's doing it, better do it. Kind of like Bird Box or something. If if your New Year's resolutions are a Bird Box approach and you're just doing it because you don't want to feel left out yeah you probably they probably won't work but if you are somebody who does see value in intention and setting vision and working a plan and you know doing some reflection and uh putting together you know what you hope to accomplish in 2019 you're probably somebody who does that on an ongoing basis for various months other than January 1st, hopefully. But uh, most people don't. Most people, uh, it seems, have kind of a negative view. And some t- some of the science, they say, or some of the surveys anyway, say that, you know, people don't follow through, you know, past, you know, February or what have you. And, you know, that's unfortunate, but that's also, it can also be, uh, you know, a product of people just being too ambitious or not setting the right goal uh, for themselves which we'll get into so i just wanted to give some insight for you on that then i want to tell you about uh something else that i just happened to google on the googles and it's just a horrible article that i'm going to touch on just real quick uh, it's from lifehack.org it's an article i don't know how old it is um but i was googling like you know just prepping for this podcast just to see what what was out there i knew that some people just don't like new year's resolutions but i found a really crappy article on the first page of google from lifehack and it's um new Year's don't work here's why and you know good headline i was like okay he's gonna give me the facts and that you know he gives four points here they are number one they're all about what you think you should do and this is you know kind of what it touches on kind of what i said people you know kind of have the peer pressure effect but it says 
nonsense. Forget about what you or other people think you ought to be doing and look at what you really want. And his examples, uh, these things that you know you ought to be doing, stop smoking, start exercising, eating healthily, work, more work-life balance. And then, you know, in the last paragraph, he says, nonsense, forget about what other people tell you ought to be doing and look at what you really want, like lung cancer and obesity and heart attacks and, you know, never eating quality food and making your family and home life miserable. Those are four things that, you know, you probably do really, really want. And this is just the first point that he makes that is just like a totally baseless type of point of view. It just makes absolutely no sense. The people who do set resolutions are probably most often doing it out of hopeful intentions. There are people who are peer pressured into just like doing it and making a list or what have you. But most often probably are there are people who are like, man, I really do want to change this part of my life. I do want to eat more healthily. I do want to start exercising. I do want to stop smoking. So for anybody to say, Hey, pause here real quick. Don't you really like smoking? You know, it's just like a crazy thing that I just can't believe somebody would actually say. Um, Number two are resolutions are like goals. Wow. Duh. Um, It's it's just kind of funny to to look at this article to me. It's amusing. Um, It's like the last paragraph. He goes, once you reach a goal, what's next? Got to have another goal, then another, then another. When do you get to stop and just enjoy life right where you are? Now, me, I can see his argument of, yes, sometimes we should just zen out, meditate, be okay with being, so to speak. I often go back to the quote that I heard first from, um, from he's a pastor. What's his name? Maybe I'll remember. Um, Rob Bell. Rob Bell, author, uh, former pastor of some big church, but kind of fell into the uh, heresy category for most uh, Christians. Anyway, he introduced me to the quote of, we are human beings, not human doings, which, you know, he was making the point of the importance of being present, which I totally agree with. But to say that goals, who cares about goals? What are you supposed to, like, like, what are you supposed to do after that? Just get another one after you complete it? How lame. It's it's so silly to think about. It's like, I have a goal to go to Europe. Should I just not have that? Because after I achieve my goal to go to Europe, that I'm going to have to pick another place? Man, you know what? Count me out. It just sounds like too much work. Of course, he says the real value, the real gold and real value is in the experience, not in the end result. Yes, but if you don't set intention and you don't set the the end zone, uh, football playing right now, uh, don't set the end zone. If you don't have a goal to reach, then everything leading up to that achievement, all that experience never happens and you just sit and do nothing. But maybe, you know, that's what some people want to do. Okay, so number three on this article is there's no motivation or commitment. 
Um, he cites that a third of resolutions don't make it past January and three quarters are soon uh, abandoned soon after, um, saying that there's no qu- uh, uh, commitment, which is great, all fine, well and good. And then he says, what you need is something, oh, uh, sure, you might get an initial burst of motivation that gets you started, but that never lasts. Motivation's like a big rocket booster on the back of a space shuttle. It gives you an initial spurt of energy to get up and get moving, but it's just not sustainable. And I kind of agree. You want it, you know, motivation's great. I listen to plenty of stuff that motivates me to uh, do the things that I want to do, but it, you've got to have it in perspective. And the only way to do sustainable work is to have to have the systems, the processes in place that uh, make it easy and uh, the the tools at your disposable to 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 make it possible to do uh, with less friction. Also, you've got to have people around you to encourage you to do the thing that you want to accomplish. So, you know, for example, when I first started running uh, again um, this year, I, you know, I made the decision that I was going to start getting more fit and, and doing more physical activity. I do, you know, a lot of desk work and um, it was important to me. And the first thing that I did was fail a lot because I decided that I was going to run two miles and I was really committed to running two miles or, or what have you. But um, it was really hard. But the moment that change happen for uh, a beneficial change really, really took place. And I started to work it into more of a lifestyle and less of a chore. It was the fact that I, I changed from, I have to run three miles today to, I just want to sweat today. I'm going to put my shoes on, change my clothes and go out and sweat. And that was, that was a metric of success instead of something that was really, really lofty. It's really easy to gas yourself up and, and go, uh, and try to, you know, be really ambitious, but that ambition can kill you sometimes if it's not, um, paced at the right, um, in the right order. So I encourage you to you got to take your, you know, you got to crawl before you walk and know the level of um, the, w- what you're getting into. Another thing that really kept me on track is having people that would text me randomly during the day and say, hey, let's run today. And that accountability factor is also extremely, extremely important in any type of goal setting that you do because it keeps, you know, when you're down, other people are up and can funnel and fuel you when, um, you know, you just don't have any more gas in the tank to use our friend who wrote this crappy articles, uh, (laughs) example. Uh, number four, he says the timing's all wrong. Not only are you coming off the back of the holidays and getting back to the harsh realities of the world, but you see the whole of the year stretching ahead of you and summer's a whole six months away. So kind of using the oh, well, the top of the calendar is up here and the bottom of the calendar is up there. It just seems so long. But then he contradicts himself and says, uh, why wait all year to make a decision? You can do it any time of uh, the year that you want, which is true, but it just it just means that he's, you're kind of looking for ways to out of doing um, doing something. A lot of people just get stuck in their in their habits, which we'll touch on here in a second. Uh, get stuck in their you know the the day to day, the harsh realities of life, I guess, and completely lose all uh, desire to improve upon themselves. Um, and this type of article doesn't help that fact. It just doesn't. So anyway, I just wanted to share that article with you. Thanks for uh, you know 
droning on or listen to me drone on about it um now we're gonna um switch into uh my perspective on new year's So my perspective on New Year's um, goes like this. I've, I've definitely participated in you know goal setting. I journal occasionally. I've, uh, my wife got me for Christmas this poetry and prose book. So I've been writing um, just about every night uh, in that, you know, just one page real short. I was writing uh, poems every day, but kind of fell back. But getting back into that, I write in the morning uh, some goals one that you've already heard and some other goals uh, relationship based career based um, you know just different things to keep my mind fresh on what's important to me it's a healthy practice it's a good practice and um, I don't always do it but you know it's it's a, it's a good thing to do I've seen benefit out of it but for the last couple years instead of you know really saying I'm going to make this much money or I'm going to um, you know, do these things uh, by the numbers. What's really been uh, powerful for me is uh, using words, uh, certain words, certain words and themes uh, for the new year to draw me into a mindset that will take me where I want to go. And that has been beneficial, kind of anchored in the drive principles, which you may or may not be aware of, uh, dedication, relationship, integrity, volition, and enthusiasm. It's a acronym I came up a few years back when I was in the car business. And it started out as like a, a promise to potential customers is like, you know, this is how I want people to feel. This is how I want to be toward, uh, different, uh, customers so they can trust me. And, uh, of course that's the value I want to provide, but it also turned into, I, I found different applications for it all throughout my life. And it just kind of became my personal, uh, mission statement and has been really great, uh, in practice as I continue to do that. So, I started with that, but then uh, each year for the past two years, I did this kind of mantra of sorts uh, to as a as a theme of the new year. So, uh, twenty sixteen was encourage, enrich, empower. So three E's happened to be an alliteration, you know, into that kind of thing, um, but. Uh, I wanted to encourage other people. I want to enrich them, you know, the best way that I can and empower other people with, you know, specific tools or tactics or just whatever I know. I want to help other people. So that's kind of, you know, uh, one that I'm always going to keep just because that's how I think about my writing and when I create content of different things. But that was my theme for 2016. Uh, 2017, I decided to keep with the alliterative theme, which is a word I found, uh, learned that not too long ago, uh, alliterative theme and do reach, refine, repeat, reach being that I needed to press outside of my comfort zone more often and, you know, stretch myself, refine, meaning that the things that I've been doing, I need to do better and, um, really cut out all the crap that's that's distracting me from what's important and repeat pretty much keep doing those things this year and uh i think you know as i think back 
I did those things. I, I definitely pushed with a physical goal, which I didn't really have that in mind when I started, but it ended up happening. So um, I'm happy and proud of that. Um, I think uh, in you know terms of Chelsea and I's relationship, she's not here, so she can't um, you know tell me uh, otherwise. But I think things are great and uh, have been improving. So we've been reaching outside of those different things and, and getting better at uh, you know just being married. Um, so, you know, and then the content create my career space content and, and that kind of stuff. I think about, uh, developing new things and, uh, always trying new ideas. I've been trying to really isolate and think about really clearly about what I want to do and what I, uh, what kind of value I want to bring to you. So the strong calm podcast, I think came out of that where I want to, we're going to focus on these things, communication, community building and strong companies, how those two things relate to the third. So, uh, I think it happened. I think it happened in different ways. I could see it happening in different ways, but so that's my approach to new year's. Most of the time is like these, these, these words, choosing themes and, and, and running with that. And, uh, it's been, it's been effective for me. So I'm going to encourage you to pick a word. If you pick a word or two or three, I highly encourage, I want to know what you pick please let me know what is your new word for 2019 what is that thing that you are going to focus on uh what is that reminder that you that reminder that mantra that you're going to repeat to yourself in february in october what's that thing that's going to fuel the things that you want to accomplish for this new year i would love to know hit me up at aaron dunworks instagram twitter you know the deal um Another thing I wanted to share with you, if you are a goal-centric person, coming on like 20 minutes, I don't want to take up too much of your time, but uh, one of my favorite books, it's on the shelf, I've, I've got it by my bed because I'm, I'm thinking about um, doing another quick read through it, is by Charles Duhigg. It's uh, The Power of Habit, and it is a book grounded in science about habits and how they work within our brain, and it's absolutely awesome really easy to read very very interesting and he talks about hacking habits so um, and how how once we know once you know how habits work it's way easier to change them so um, to empower you to equip you with something at the end of the year perhaps if you're trying to change some habits uh, for this new year I want to share this with you. So it's called The Habit Loop. And I'm going to read this uh, quick paragraph that I found in an article uh, on 99U. I don't know anything about this podcast, but just Google the book, uh, Charles Duhigg, The Power of Habit You'll uh, Habit Loop, and you'll find it. Uh, it's Here's the habit loop, okay? Think about your habit that you want to change. Think about a habit, a, 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 a negative habit you want to change or a positive habit that you want to implement in this way. First, there is a cue, a trigger that tells your brain to go into automatic mode and which habit to use. Then there is a routine, which can be physical or mental or emotional. Finally, there is a reward, which helps your brain figure out if this particular loop is worth remembering for the future. Over time, this loop becomes more and more automatic. The cue and reward the first part and the last part. The cue and reward become intertwined 
until a powerful sense of anticipation and craving emerges. Okay? So, for example, if uh, the one example from the book that uh, is easy to remember is um, at two o'clock or what have you, he had the urge... um, he had the urge to go to the cafeteria and get a cookie. And so it would, it would be like two o'clock and he would have the urge to do that. So he would go to the cafeteria and then get a cookie. And, you know, the cookie was great. It gave him that reward of tasty cookie, all that kind of stuff. But he started to gain weight and he was like, man, what's the problem here? Um, so in order to change the habit, he, he, he had to, you have to identify the cue you have to you have to identify the habit, which is the routine, which is pretty easy. But then you have to identify what the cue is. So what's happening that's causing your brain to hit that automatic mode? Um, and then you have to hack it in this way. It says, if you want to get rid of a bad habit, you have to find out how to implement a healthier routine to yield the same reward. So you have to identify the cue. Uh, you have to identify the, ha- uh, the the routine, which is pretty easy. That's the bad habit you want to break. Then identify the reward that you're getting. So say, why am I doing this thing? Am I doing it because it tastes good? Or am I doing it because I want to get a walk around the block? Am I doing it because I just want to get out of the office? Am I doing it because I'm tired? You know, you got to go through all those things. It turns out like his example in the book was, I enjoyed the social interaction down in the cafeteria. So he had to replace his routine of going and getting a cookie with something more healthy. So he had to go and figure out another way to get the social interaction or maybe choose a different uh, treat or what have you. So he could keep the social interaction, keep the same reward, uh, but do a different, healthier routine. So that's a a little hack I hope you can enjoy. That's a habit loop and a book to check out. I highly encourage. Um, Definitely reference it uh, many times on the blogs and stuff like that. It's just a really good, impactful book uh, that I've found is uh, pretty awesome. So um, other than that, some housekeeping things, maybe. No, I don't know. Um, I've got two uh, interviews, three interviews lined up for January. Um, that that's coming here pretty soon. I mean, I'm I'm very excited about that, and I've got a blog post coming for January 1st, 2019. One of my goals is to blog more often. I'm trying to get um, some more content out, and um, and you know just get the ideas out of my head and into uh, the universe. So that's uh, one of my goals, trying to do that in a more systematic way. So be on the lookout for that. Um, my, I think I will just uh, touch on this in this podcast to close it out. We'll put it, put a close to this podcast at 30 minutes. So again, appreciate you for listening. Um, my vision for the year, I'm going to give you a sneak peek. So my vision for 2019 is a return to my roots. Uh, 
I have a poem that I've not been working on, but that was an inspiration from my upbringing. Uh, I believe that my dad gave me roots and my mom gave me wings. My mom used to tell us that, that she wanted to give us roots to give us a firm principled foundation and then wings to be able to, you know, fly and uh, do motherly things, uh, to fly and uh, make it our own and, and that kind of thing. And that's stuck with me because it's a really sweet sentiment. And I think it's, uh, I think it's awesome. So I'll write a, I'll finish that poem one day, but, um, you know, in the context of this vision drive, going back to dedication, relationship, integrity, volition, and enthusiasm, I want to put wings on it. Going back to my roots, I want to put wings on it and let it fly in a different, uh, fly a different path and really explore those concepts. Uh, but this, instead of you know, just saying the same thing again, I wanted to add a little bit of extra polish to it, present the ideas in a, in a, in a better way. And so it led me to this kind of cinematic subtitle, uh, in my brain, you know, just kind of when I imagine it. So subtitle results and results, seems pretty obvious, I would think, because if you're trying to achieve something, of course, you're wanting to achieve results. But at the same time, you know, when we think about mindset, when I think about mindset, mindset doesn't always package with results. So uh, I I wanted to kind of do two things at once and that if mindset something that you want to work on, or, you know, it, of course, it's something that I'm always focused on. I want to clarify the mindset of drive as a passion project of my own, and then hopefully to encourage, enrich, and empower other people, give people the tools to be able to cultivate this driven mindset. But I also wanted to take it this other step of the way because I've got the mindset. Um, You know, it's something that I've been working on for years. So I had to make this uh, new vision more real to me. And the subtitle of results is really what I want to squeeze out of 2019, out of my 29th year, results. What are the results that I'm looking for? And how can I focus on these results, these these particular things that I'm trying to achieve and and through the lens of those five principles, kind of going back and forth between the two um, and just imagining and exploring how that works. So um, I'm excited about doing that. Um, I was also additionally inspired while I was brainstorming this that, you know, uh, it's, it's really helpful for memory and it's really helpful to when you're trying to remember something or trying to keep something top of mind to associate it with an image and, you know, in storytelling in poems, of course, imagery is really, really important because it, it just makes the story all the more real instead of just words in the air, or words on the page. Uh, you can, you, you have a visual element. So this year I'm also going to introduce an image for the first time for the year. So hopefully we do this annually. I do it annually. Um, and the image came into mind like pretty much immediately. And I'm not a student of Eastern philosophy. I've definitely had some books, you know, hint me in, you know, different uh, directions. Um, very interesting. And I'm not a swordsmith by any stretch of the imagination. However, 
katana is what the image of 2019 will be at least for me so katana if you don't know it's like the samurai sword it's a curved blade it's got you know it's like strong it's sharp it's made to kill people but um it's really more about the mindset alongside the katana and what that means, the discipline that a samurai brings to his like warrior mindset and the crafting of a katana sword and what that takes. And, you know, I did some preliminary research and it works so well with the the drive mindset, the driven, uh, principles that I hope to espouse this whole next year. And that, it takes dedication, relationship, integrity, volition, and enthusiasm to create a katana. And I want to use that image as a um, as an anchor point and a, a touchstone uh, moving forward to just kind of come back and forth to. I think it'll be fun. You know, uh, you might think it's corny or whatever, but I don't care. So uh, katana is the image of the year. The vision for the year is drive, subtitle, results. Uh, anyway, that's the podcast. That's StrongCom Podcast for today. Really excited about some episodes coming up. Uh, thank you so much for listening. Please subscribe or follow uh, on iTunes. Leave a review if you can uh, on Spotify or what have you. Really, really appreciate you. Um, stay driven, my friends, and we'll see you next week.